Welcome to Sylvia Speaks, the podcast you didn't know that you needed. Today's topic is going to be about the mother wound and how generational trauma can show up in our lives, even if years have passed and we're not even aware of it. The mother wound is not mommy issues, (laughs) just like a father wound would not be necessarily daddy issues. I'm sure that that's what people want to label them, but it's a lot deeper than that. It doesn't mean that you had a shitty parent. It doesn't mean that you, you know, your parent caused you extreme trauma through abuse. It could mean that. But the most common thing is just how our parents were raised and how their parents were raised and how their parents were raised, it's all, it all trickles down, right? Like our parents did the best that they could with the resources that they had and what they knew and what they were taught. And what our parents were taught was what our grandparents taught them. And what our grandparents were taught was what our great grandparents taught them. And it, this is exactly what generational trauma is. It's just passed down, right? Like the unhealthy patterns and the way that we deal with our emotions, the way that we handle things, the way that we choose to react. These all come from our bloodline. They are things that are taught and they're patterns and they're really hard to just get rid of because this is really all we knew. One thing I absolutely love about today's day and age is not only is healing becoming so like popular and important, um, a lot of people are learning about generational trauma and just how that plays a role in our lives and what that looks like. Because we're like, okay, you know, generational trauma can come in many different forms, especially if we are um, people of color, you know, like our ancestors went through some bullshit. They went through a whole lot to get us to where we're at today. And I am so grateful. I am extremely grateful for every single one of my ancestors who went through what they went through so that I could live the life that I live today. But again, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot more than just that. The generational trauma also comes from how, our families dealt with things and it shows up in our day-to-day lives, right? In our parents, if we look deeper at our parents and how our parents react and how our parents behave and how our parents see the world, um, when you get to that point and you kind of like just take a step back and you evaluate and you really see them for who they are, not just as your parent, you begin to understand where their trauma is and how it it has shown up for you and how you have then took in took in that generational trauma as well. And I'm going to explain in some examples that I have noticed in just this past oh my god, I'd say just this past month. I mean, these are things that I have I've seen, but in this past month it's just become very clear to me. So my mom just came back literally like an hour and a half ago from the longest fucking trip ever. (laughs) Um, My mom is a professor and she teaches um, the inner works at at San Diego State. And she teaches a master's program um, in, in a small island, a Micronesia island called Palau. And to get to Palau, it's a whole ass mission. Like from San Diego, you got to go to Hawaii, from Hawaii to Guam, and then Guam to Palau. 
So she was only supposed to be there for three weeks, not even three weeks. It was a little less than three weeks. And, you know, Mother Nature did her thing and had a whole ass typhoon in Guam. And it ended up practically almost destroying the airport, which obviously delayed her coming back home. And it was kind of like, what the hell? Because in that moment, in this past month, I just, I went through some shit. I went through a lot and it was difficult to go through it without my mom. And here's the crazy part is I had a feeling. I had a feeling that something was going to happen, like a natural disaster. I didn't feel like she was directly going to be impacted by it, but I just, I had this feeling and I was trying not to think about it because I didn't want to manifest it. And well, it happened anyway. And I was just like, wow, that's crazy because I literally had that like intuition and I was trying to be like, no, get out. I'm not trying to think negatively. Aside from that, I, (laughs) a little bit before she left, maybe like, I think a week or so before she left, I had this whole breakdown in my room at night and I was just bawling my fucking eyes out because I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, I don't think I'm prepared to live without my mom. You know, like I'm just thinking my parents are getting older and, you know, life is just, it's not promised. And I, I really, I really don't know when our last day on earth is going to be. And I, was just in deep thought about that. And I, you know, thought to myself, like, I, I couldn't survive without my mom. Like, I can't imagine living my life without her. And I just was bawling my eyes out. I even talked to my therapist about it. And I'm like, I know that I'm not prepared to live without her. And as we dug a little bit deeper into that, it brought up some of this mother wound, which is what I am going to explain today. Of course, nobody wants to live without their parents. I mean, if I think for all of us, if we could ensure that our parents lived, you know, (laughs) forever, I'm sure that we would all want that. But that's just not how life works, right? Now, as far as me feeling like I couldn't live my life without my mom, yeah, I, I would never want my mom to leave my side. I am not prepared for that day to come. But what it is also is codependency. And codependency (laughs) the codependency is not just with me the codependency is with everyone in this damn household my 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 brother abby my stepdad um i don't think camila's there yet and i i don't want her to get there yet but um we're all very codependent on my mom and it's because my mom does everything for us my mom does the most like she if you look at it from a different perspective, it's like my mom is always there for me and my mom has got my back and she does. And my mom, you know, you call her, if she can do it, she'll do it. And sometimes I feel like she can't or she shouldn't do it and she's still going to make it happen for people. And people take advantage of her for that. And I see that. I saw that growing up and I see that now to this day and it pisses me off. It pisses me off that people use my mom like that. But... I, also a person who is codependent, I can see why she does that. I can see why she extends herself to people. I can see why she wants to help and why she wants to take the burden off of people's shoulders and carry it on her own. And it's because of her upbringing. It's because of 
how things were for her when she was growing up, that she doesn't want that same for her family. My mom is the eldest girl out of a total of seven, I think it is. And her mother passed away when she was young. And so in a very traditional Mexican household, I mean, I think we all know if you are coming from a Latino background, I can't speak on other, um, you know, ethnicities, but definitely in a Latino background, if you are the eldest daughter, the whole weight is on your shoulders. I mean, like Encanto, Luisa, like that is just a perfect representation of what it feels like to be the eldest daughter in the family, because everybody comes to you for things and everybody thinks that you can handle it. They need you. They need your help. They need your assistance. And you feel like you have to carry that for people. And especially for my mom, having lost her mom at such a young age and having to take care of her siblings and take care of her dad and also try and do better for herself by going to school. Um, you know, I can only imagine what my mom went through, you know, as as a young adult. And even as an adult, just in her younger day, in her younger years, um, I can only imagine how that felt for her. And so I can see why she does things for people that create codependency, especially here in, in her household, you know, with, with me and my brother and with my stepdad. And I've gotten to that point in my healing journey to where I've reflected and I understand that. And I understand that I have built this codependency towards her. And now I'm trying to heal that because I one, I don't want to be codependent on my mom. I'm a grown ass woman. I'm an adult. I'm 30, going to 31 this year. Like I need to figure things out on my own. And yeah, I want my mom's guidance 100% of the time. You know, I know that I can count on her to give me great advice. And if I, if I have anything that is pending in my head, like I can bounce ideas off of her. But I should not rely on her to carry weight for me. I should not rely on her to help me out with everything. And that's just been the, I guess, the norm in this household. Um, and again, this is something that I've just learned to observe as I've gone through this healing journey. And how I see it play in my household is just observing how my family members are in general. And it pisses me the fuck off. I get so irritated being at home I can't even explain to you guys like it pisses me off. It pisses me off that my family members are just so damn lazy. They're so lazy, so lazy. And my mom doesn't tell them anything until she's reached like a breaking point. And even then it's like, you know, I don't think that she really even unleashes it on, unleashes it on them. She is not like me in that in that sense. Um my brother, for instance, like, yeah, bless his soul. He's a great, he's a great person. I love my brother. He, he does a lot for this family in a different way and in, in an emotional way. But as far as like a physical way and helping around the house, he don't do shit. Like he really doesn't. Like I have to ask him to take out the trash. I have to ask him to wash dishes, especially if he's used them. I have to ask him to like feed the dogs sometimes and give them water. And it's like, you're home doing nothing. Just do it, you know? And I see the way that he re relies on my mom by, you know, 
when he's in school and he can't figure out an assignment, he kind of like asks her, but like expects her to do it for her, for him. And it makes me really mad because I'm like, I sit here and I truly try to figure things out on my own. Like I don't want to add more burden onto my mom and give her more to carry. And I utilize my own resources, right? Like that's why there's Google. You know, if you're taking a class and you can't figure things out, you ask your professor. I don't know. If there's a will, there's a way. And with him, like, he just, he relies so much on my mom, but he's not the same as me. He doesn't have that awareness. And I understand that. But it makes me so upset because, I, <laughs> like, I just wish he did. I wish he did. And I wish that he would just help out a little bit more. And that would make... I think everybody's life at home a lot easier. And then same thing with my stepdad. I think my stepdad is very unattentive to my mom's needs and the family's needs. And again, for these two examples that I've provided, I don't fully blame them because it's just become a product of our environment. Like we've become so used to my mom doing everything for us that we kind of just like, eh whatever, like it's going to get done. And it's like, no, like we, we should be more mindful. We got to think about these things. We got to think about how can we help her? How can we make life easier for her? And I'm the only one in this household that truly thinks like that because my stepdad isn't out here really trying to help her, um, you know, manage this house either. And Abby either. I mean, like Abby, and that's my child. And, you know, like I'll get on her ass because I don't want that. Like that is not how I want my own child raised. Like, no, I want you to help out here. I want you to be attentive. I want you to to do your part in the house. And this has just been like the reoccurring theme that I continuously bring into this house is like, how can we be better and how can we help and how can we do things to take the weight off of mom, grandma, your wife like how can we assist her so it just makes me really upset because this codependency it trickles down right like my mom has conditioned us to be codependent on her because she knows what it feels like to not have anybody to support her that she wants to support everyone and again, I do not blame her for that. Like, I can't even imagine what it would feel like to not have that support because I got a little bit of a taste this month that she's been gone and I absolutely hated it. And it put me in like a little bit of a depression. You know, my mom was gone for a month and everything just, it just seemed like one thing after the other started happening. Like literally right before my mom left, Camila got sick with like, a hands foot mouth like disease and it was brutal because my mom went with me to take her to urgent care on Friday and you know that was huge like just to have her support there because it's difficult taking care of a toddler you know that you can't explain to them that they need to eat and drink water and they don't get it and you know like just having that additional support and somebody to help you when you're feeling overwhelmed it's so needed as a parent. And I normally have my mom for that. And I'm so thankful. And she went with me to urgent care, took her. There was really nothing that they could do, sent us home. Saturday seemed to be okay. And then my mom left Sunday early morning. And by that night, it was like she was not okay. 
and I had to rush and take her to the emergency room. I was there alone with her and it was scary. It was scary because I didn't have that support person. It was just me and my toddler. And, you know, to top it off, I went to the worst hospital ever. And I just had to be an advocate for myself and for my baby. And it was so scary and so stressful. And I just, I felt so alone. And I know that that's probably how my mom felt for a majority of her life, especially having me. She had me at the same age that I had Camila. So I can't imagine like if I was sick or if I went through something and, you know, here she is taking care of me on her own, like no mom to fall back on. No, no dad to fall back on, you know, like it, it just, it brought up a lot of different emotions for me. So then after the emergency room visit and they really didn't do anything but give her an IV because I yelled at them too. Monday seemed okay. And then by Tuesday, it was like she wasn't okay. And it ended up with her being admitted into the hospital. And again, now I'm like, you know, in stress. And aside from that, I had to like take my dad to go get his knee surgery. And I just felt like everything was falling on top of me and I didn't have the support that I needed. I didn't have the support from like other family members. Um, I didn't have the support from my stepdad at the time. And I, you know, had to also take care of my father, like, and take him to surgery. And it just was, it was a lot. And in that moment, I was like, wow, like this, this really feels real. Like it really feels like I don't have my mom. And this codependent part of me is screaming because I am so used to being able to rely on her. I'm so used to knowing that my mom is there. And when I need her assistance and I need her help and I need her guidance, like I know that she's right there and right now she's not. And so I just had to figure it out. I had to figure it out and I just had to keep going. And I did, I cried. I cried in Abby's arms because I was just so much. It was so much and I felt so alone. And then with my dad. <laughs> my dad, this is something different. Um, my dad has a lot of anger. My dad has a lot of resentment. A lot of things that he needs to deal with, a lot of trauma. And I love him. And I feel like lately, within the past few years, my relationship with my dad has changed. Like, I, we understand each other more and I feel closer to him. But this past month, he has been irritating the fuck out of me. And I don't even know if he still listens to my podcast because he has not said anything <laughs> since the beginning when I first started it. But he has irritated the fuck out of me this past month. Like... With the whole thing that was going on with Camila, I had already had promised to take him to his surgery. And, you know, my dad is here alone. Like, my dad doesn't have any other family out here. There's nobody else that he can rely on. And I understand that. And so that's why I made an effort to request the day. And thankfully, Camila's dad was able to stay with her in the hospital. So that way, I could take my dad to surgery. But that same day that I had to take him to surgery, you know, like my stepdad left, I think, because he assumed that I was staying home for the day. I don't know, even though I had already told him what I had planned. And Abby had no way to get to school. So I had to like rush, get myself ready, take her to school 
and go pick up my dad. And, you know, my dad is the type that he wants to be somewhere like 30 minutes earlier than he's supposed to. And I get it, you know, but I told him like, hey, I'm not going to be able to pick you up. Like when I said I was, we're still going to get there on time, but we're not going to get there like super early like you want. And, you know, he turned it into like about him. Like it was just no empathy towards the situation that I was going through. No empathy towards how I'm feeling in the moment, super stressed and alone. It was like, well, I need to get there on time. And it's like, well, sorry, you know, I'm your only way to get there. So we're going to get there when we get there. So that kind of irritated me, whatever. We got over it, we got through it. And then a Mother's Day rolls around and here I am again. My mom's not here. There ain't nobody else celebrating Mother's Day for me. I'm a single mom, you know. And my dad was like, let's go to SeaWorld. And I was like, yeah, let's go to SeaWorld. Whatever. He texts me. And I told him too, I was like, I'm so tired. I'm very sleep deprived. All I want to do for Mother's Day is sleep in. And the concert that he wanted to go to, I'm like, it doesn't even start till six. When I wake up, because I don't need to rush to wake up, I will let you know. He sends me a text at like 11. Are you up? And I had literally just woken up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm up. And he's like, okay, well, I'm ready. No mother, happy Mother's Day text, like no good morning. And I'm like, what the hell? So rude. Like, I'm just like, I feel so unappreciated right now. Like at this point, I just feel like, what? Like, am I a ride? Like, I don't get it, you know? And so I get ready and, um, you know, he's like, okay, well, we got to get there. He sends me another, another text. He's like, we need to get there before 530 because the reserve seats are not guaranteed and blah, 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 blah. Mind you, it's two, not even 230. And I'm looking at this text like, one, I'm almost ready getting ready. And two, the concert's not for another three hours, three and a half hours. Like, chill out, you know? And so I sent him a text and I'm like, yeah, we're almost, we're almost leaving. And I said, and thanks for wishing me a happy Mother's Day, by the way. And he sends me a text. He's like, well, I haven't seen you yet. Like, that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. That should be the first thing that you lead with. Like, I don't get it, you know? And it was just a lot because I really felt very let down by my loved ones, by my family. And it kind of put me in a position to like understand how my mom feels or felt. I mean, I'm sure she felt like that being in a relationship with my dad. And I'm sure the ways that I felt left let down by my stepdad or, you know, just by my other family members, I'm sure that my mom feels that on a daily basis. But my mom is a lot different than me. She's very soft spoken and she has a kind heart and you know she doesn't have it in her to tell people off but I will I will I will and I did because no you are I'm standing up for myself and you're not going to treat me like this and my mother wound is my codependency my mother wound is my people pleasing and that is something that through my healing journey I have decided to give up I have decided that that's not what I want I don't want that inside of me anymore. I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to live to please people. I don't want to tell people yes when I really want to say no. 
And I definitely am not going to stand for people disrespecting me or treating me like I'm just an option or like they expect things from me. And this is something that I see people do to my mom, especially her siblings, especially her friends, um, you know, her colleagues, like anyone. They take advantage of my mom's good and kind heart and it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that people do that to her. And I know that she... <laughs> I'm like, is this the first time I cried on an episode? <laughs> I know that when she's ready, she will set those boundaries for herself. But I have realized on my own journey that this is something I have picked up from her. This generational trauma, this mother wound... And I don't want it. I don't, it ends with me because I don't want to pass this on to my kids. I want them to be strong and have boundaries and not get pushed over by people because we're kind hearted and we have good hearts and we have, we have good intentions. And I want, I want us to be respected. I want, shit, I want my mom to be respected. And she knows damn well that I'll tell anybody off that disrespects her. So the mother wound and generational trauma don't necessarily mean that I was beat by my mom and she fucked me up and, you know, now I have all this trauma. It could mean that. I'm not going to take that away from anybody who's had that experience. But in most cases, and in my case, my mother wound came from the generational trauma that was passed on. The generational trauma and the trauma that she endured having been in the circumstance that she had growing up and having to become that parent and that mom for all of her other siblings. She had to grow up really quick and she had to be that person to carry everything for her siblings. And sometimes she still does it to this day. And I pray for my mom all the time because I don't want her to continue to live her life like that. Like I want her to enjoy her life. And I feel like this whole thing that happened with her having been gone way longer than she was supposed to, I feel like it was a blessing in disguise. And I feel like it happened for a reason because one, we needed to have that time away without my mom so that we learned to live. And even then we didn't really all learn to like survive without her. My stepdad was probably going crazy. He was very moody. My brother, um, you know, I'm sure I know he missed my mom a lot too. So did Abby, but there was a benefit to it. There was a benefit because we had to figure things out without her. And that's healing. The codependency is like not relying on her to fix everything for us. And we shouldn't be relying on her to fix everything for us. We shouldn't be giving her all of our baggage and all of our heaviness to carry because it's not hers to carry. Nobody should be giving it to her. Not anybody in the family, not her friends, not her colleagues, nobody. Nobody should be giving her anything. And I had built that codependency with her and I was allowing other people to become codependent on me as well because I was reliving those patterns because this is what I've observed. This is what I grew up with. This is how I was raised. And this is what I've seen. 
But now that I have gone into this journey and I've realized my own patterns and where they stem from, it ends with me. That's it. Like I, I am not going to carry on this codependency any further and I'm healing it and I'm setting those boundaries and I'm telling people that need to be told off like my dad, you know, um, which is something that I'm sure my mom wished she did <laughs> a long ass time ago. I'm doing it for her. You know, like my dad called me today cause he was upset that he went to take a class at the Apple store and that this lady was like in the class and she was asking dumbass questions. And I get it. I get my anger from my dad. Like me and my dad are kind of the same to where we like, you know, anything can set us off. Like we, we don't like stupid people. But my dad sometimes does some shit that irritates me. And so I had to remind him that like, he's like, this lady was pissing me off and I just wanted to like strangle her. And I was like, that's extreme. Like, don't be saying that, you know, like that's like, that's too much. And you're letting her affect your energy way too much. You don't know. Maybe she had a mental disability and she just couldn't help but ask these questions. We don't know what people are going through. So we can't sit there and label them and, and judge them and get upset at them. Like, yeah, it can be irritating as hell to have to go through that and like have to deal with an annoying person of that sort but we can't rely on all of these things that happen in our life to just fester and give us all this negative energy like you create that you're in charge of that you have to just let it slide off of you and so my dad behaving like that has been irritating me because that is not aligning with my journey and we also have to remind ourselves that we can't fix our parents. We can't heal our parents. Our parents have to heal on their own. We can lead by example. We can show them. We can teach them. We can educate them. Um, and again, showing by example, like I know that I've done a lot of work and I've seen how my household has started to pick up on some of it you know, and they'll do it on their own time. They'll do it when they feel ready and they feel called to start healing. I cannot force anybody to do it. But through my own work, they have seen it. And I have noticed like small things that they have done. And I love it. And I and I love that. But my dad's not there yet. And I have to just remind myself that on both sides, you know, my dad and my mom, like I can only, I can only give them the tools and give them guidance, but when they're ready, they'll take that next step. And I really hope that I do not offend my parents with this episode. I know my mom listens and I love you, mom. Thank you for always supporting me um, and always being there for me. And I, I really hope that this episode did not offend you. It is just me speaking from my heart and just speaking the truth because I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired of this codependency like I need to learn how to live my life on my own without relying on you to take all of my burdens and fix everything for me because that's just not how life works and I really hope that the rest of the family can learn to do the same so I hope that I did not offend you and dad if you're listening to this I hope I'm not offending you either. It's just hard, cold facts. And we got to do some work. Like, that's just the truth. We got to do some work. Um, but other than that, my other fellow listener, <laughs> Abby, 
I am a mom too, you know, and I know that while I have taken on generational trauma from my ancestors and from, you know, my mom and both my dad, I have passed some of that on to Abby. Absolutely. Because Abby came into my life at a point where I was extremely traumatized, like so traumatized to the point where there's a lot that I don't remember. Um, a lot of memories that I don't remember. And it's very sad because it was like years worth. It's just, I remember bits and pieces. And I know that I wasn't the best mother towards Abby, for Abby. And that wasn't the mom that she needed. And now we are working on mending that relationship. But it's very difficult because when you go many years without having had that bond, you can't just like flip a switch. Like it takes a lot of work and we're doing that work and it's difficult. And sometimes it's so hard that I think both of us want to walk away from it. But I applaud us both for even wanting to try and for staying in the space when it does get difficult. And the trauma that I've passed down to Abby or the trauma that I've given Abby, because I know that some of the trauma I've given her wasn't trauma that was passed down. This is like new trauma. Um, You know, Abby is a product of a, an abusive relationship. She didn't witness it thankfully but she's felt it and she has felt what it feels like to have a mother who isn't present she knows what it feels like to have a mother who ran away because she was afraid because she was just hurt and didn't know how to manage and her own emotions and I am sorry Abby for for doing that to you if I could go back in time and change it I would but I know that these things happened for a reason I know that you came into my life when I was 19 because I needed you because I needed you to make me strong and I needed you more than I think we both know right now I don't think that your full purpose of your your life is going to come into fruition until, you know, maybe until you're an adult and then we'll truly realize like why. But I know that you are the child that I needed because you made me strong and you continue to make me strong. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, Abby is so difficult and not in a bad way, but it's just like, you are so much like me. It is literally me parenting myself. The hard parts of myself, the parts of myself that are stubborn, the parts of myself that are defensive, the parts of myself that are hurt, the parts of myself that question everything. That is what you are. And that is so beautiful. And I love that about you. I love that about my child, my eldest. I love that she is just so, so strong, so strong minded and so strong willed. And she'll tell you like how it is. That little Virgo girl will tell you what you need to hear, even if you don't want to hear it. And there is a reason that you came to this world, that you came and that you are my daughter. And I know, again, back to the mother wound, that there is there is some generational trauma and some mother wound trauma that I have given Abby that I'm hoping that because I have 
you know, had a spiritual awakening and I am going through this journey of healing that I began to take her on with me. And I know that it's going to take a lot of work, but we are going to heal and we are going to be better. So thank you guys for coming to my Mother Moon TED Talk, <laughs> aka my diary. Um, I know that my situation and my examples that I provided are very specific and are very true and in relation to myself. But I know that there's a lot of parts that I've mentioned here that a lot of you could find relatable. Um, I hope that I was able to at least highlight what a mother wound is in general and how generational trauma is passed down from our families and how that shows up in our parents. And I think the biggest lesson or the biggest message, I should say, that I want to provide in this episode is that our parents are human. Our parents are just like us. They were were and probably still are trying to figure out life. Like nobody comes with, you know, life doesn't come with a playbook. When you become a parent, you're not given like a a guide and no one child is the same and we all deal with things differently. The life that we were all given, it's just, it's all so different. And I think once we realize that and we give our parents that grace, it feels a lot better because we understand our parents from a human perspective, as opposed to our parents being our parents and being like, well, you didn't, you didn't do X, Y, Z for me and you didn't raise me right. And now I'm screwed up. That's not the case because that wasn't what our parents' intentions were. And I'm speaking from being a mother myself, you know, I didn't intend to give my own child trauma. Unfortunately, it's just what happened because I mean, life. And I had her so young and I didn't know any better. But now that I know better, I'm trying to do better. I am doing better. And we can only do that for ourselves. So I'm hoping that through my podcast, through my shared experiences, that I'm helping you all in your own journey of healing and just understanding different things and giving our not only ourselves grace, but our parents grace. And... That was all I have for you guys today. This is a, probably the longest episode I have, but it's definitely been the most heartfelt, the most emotional, the first time I cried on an episode. And I am just feeling so much gratitude right now that my mom is back. Um, I feel like I can breathe again. <laughs> and I am just ready for this month. We are, this is the 3rd of June. And I just feel like June is going to be so much of a better month than May was. I was ready to just be done with May. So you guys have an amazing, amazing week. I am changing the release time on my episodes. I'm going to try testing out the PM on Sunday, see how that works. Cause I feel like releasing them Sunday mornings, I haven't been getting like the most amount of views, you know, when it first releases. So I just want to release them at a time that's beneficial for everyone. So I'm going to test this episode. I'm going to post it at like 8 PM Sunday. We'll see how that goes. You guys leave me feedback, answer Q&As, leave me um, notes. Please rate, review, subscribe, follow, hit the little bell if you're on Spotify so you can be notified of when a new episode is released. And if you have both, Spotify and Apple, I mean, subscribe to both. Like, help your girl out. 
share my podcast with anybody who you feel could benefit, anybody who you feel would love my podcast. And if you have any recommendations for content that you'd like to hear or any topics you would like covered, please DM me, please send me a message. I love to hear all of the feedback that I can from you guys. Seriously, it warms my heart. And again, thank you for being in the space with me. Have a great week and we will talk next week.